Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docu series. Yes, but through our own lens, honey, which can be repetitive because sometimes our lens is, you know, um, has bad sound quality. And so we have to like clean off the lens and look through the lens again and find out what we're looking at for a second time, which happened uh, for this episode. Hi, guys. Here we are. If you're a Patreon person, then you might be like, oh, look, this is going to be the same episode they just recorded, but we had some technical issues. So here we are doing it again and um, always down for a round two, a little rehearsal and then, you know, honey, opening night. Hi. Hello. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Patreon. I didn't go on and listen to it to like, see if it was fine quality. Um, And then I went in to edit it and I was like, no, I sound like I'm underwater. So those of you guys, I wonder if Patreon even said anything to us. If there was like one comment that said, Hey, your audio is weird. Don't know. We'll look. Um, but anyways, so what we're talking about right here is 90 Day the Other Way, episode four. Um, sorry, season four, episode six. Love is one thing, but it don't cost a thing or something. Uh, yeah, love is one thing. Listen, it, it should be love is one thing, lust is another. Love is one thing, sex is another. You know, like that's so it's interesting that they just really want us to fill in the blanks. It's a, it's artistic license on the Sharp Entertainment part for us to really fill in the blanks and like make it our own and like you know whatever we are our perceived reality is we put onto this. So listen, it's open ended and or lazy depending on he look at the title and here we're here for it. I will tell you that um, I think last time we started with Jed and Rishi, but I think we should actually like on this round two like end with them because they're actually kind of like the most exciting part of this episode to me um but but let's talk about someone who is just who i listen i had a hard time with them last night i'm gonna have a hard time again with them today let's bring them up honey it's jamie and sleepy chris so boring so (laughs) boring i mean i i I mean do you want to just like turbo round speed through um uh, them and um isabel and whoever else is boring i mean here here okay what happens in this episode you guys is they um go looking for accoutrement decorations for their home they have different fashion senses obviously so then with the thinnest eyebrows you've ever seen in the year 2023 um she sits on a bed and tells jamie that hey, I got to go back to the States because there is this rare motorcycle that got stolen out of my garage. And um, I was going to use it to pay for stuff for us here, but someone stole it. So I got to go home and make sure that person does time because it's really important. Now, it is really important. Um, However, Jamie's like, no, you're not coming back. I know know you. You're going to get home and realize, hey, I like it over there so much better. So much better. You know what's the crazy thing? At the beginning of this episode, she's like, I've been... I've been in Colombia for three days and it feels like forever. It feels like, it feels like I, I, I'm so at home with a Jamie. And I thought she was going to say three weeks. She says three days with a dramatic pause. And so we think she's going to say three weeks. 
we think she's like, oh my God, it's been just like the most, it's like, girl, three days. And she's already tried to buy a knife. She's already explained that her neck is broken and that she's going to need surgery. She's had so many different issues. And today we have a whole other slew of issues or the next day, a whole nother slew of issues. Um, they are wearing matching outfits. Did you notice that though? The jeans, yeah, they're wearing uh, jean shirts the day that her back hurts. I like, okay, it's just, it's just that, um, how do I say this? First of all, I there are some interesting things here. Like, I like the fact that Chris is like, you know, very country, honey, just been shooting guns and like shooting, you know, knives out of her eyeballs, you know, and like, you know, I don't know what it is. But she very much is like, well, this place is very dangerous. We need to like arm ourselves. And then like, Jamie's like, no, it's not. You know, like, it's like that kind of thing, which is very interesting. And I mean, this is what it is. And I don't, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to like not repeat sentiments of last night because this is how I feel, which is basically this. These people are fine. This is not fun entertainment to watch. There's nothing fun about this couple. It is a lot of Chris having a lot of problems. And I feel so bad for her pain. And I feel bad that she's sleepy. And I feel bad that, you know, that her neck and I feel bad that she can't have mint. And I feel bad, you know, it's like, I, listen, I don't want those things for you. The rare motorcycle. I wish someone didn't steal it. I wish someone didn't steal it. You know, like, it's just so much negativity and so much trauma and so much not fun. It's just, as an audience member, no one wants to watch this segment. And it's sad because it's like, oh, your first two lesbians. Oh, I can't, they're unwatchable. You know, like nothing, it's not just the fact they have horrible style or horrible lingerie. Like they don't have to prove anything to me. It's just like, you know, but even if we were like around social company, I can't feel like I feel comfortable around Chris. There's just so much happening. She's a Debbie Downer and I want the best for her, but I can't watch it. And this is not TV, honey. This is like who you avoid in the office. <laughs> wow wow like, the person always has problems you're just like i'm sorry for your problems i just can't take them on i don't want to witness them i don't want to witness every part of your problems it's just not fun for me but here we are so anyway blah blah blue and they're matching jean jackets you know then chris is like my neck hurts. My neck's always hurting. I don't want to get the surgery, even though I think it's a whole other thing. And she's like making a big thing. And she's like, I keep trying to push myself for Jamie, you know, like it's if I don't have to keep pushing myself for Jamie, you go to this flea market, you know, it would be chill or whatever. And she's just like the altitude, the sickness. I mean, she, it's just so much. And so for some reason, instead of just telling Jamie, like, I'm going to sit this one out, she makes a big to do to be to go into a cab and then they like she can't even sit up in the cab he's laying on jamie's lap tears are falling up from her eyes the cab driver like pulls them there and then they're just like yeah and take us home the guy's like oh you fucking batty women okay just take him home hopefully he made us so much money have to hear all those like sniffing snoohoos behind in his seat honey i hope he had a white chris's like tears away from his you know pleather i just like so then yeah that they get back to the house and they get like some doctor to come in and i mean then the doctor comes in honey and i realize they've had like a happy puppy this whole time that's now for three days had to like watch their boo-hooing the whole time in their ugly lingerie and that doc and that doctor comes in and that dog that dog's tail is so fucking happy to like get some new energy in honey that dog couldn't be happier to see another human being like please take me with you doctor like these bitches are crazy and they're so sad all the time so sleepy and sad all the time and their taste horrible and there's these like that dog only what has like a nipple pillow to sleep on at night i feel so bad for the dog you oh, wow i mean just so much yeah 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 um yeah that that doctor that came in um that was interesting like that jamie had to like interpret for 
and <laughs> they i mean the word vertebrae was lost on on both sides like she's like this and he's like vertebrae vertebrae um i don't believe that her back was hurting i don't know why there was just something about the way she was moving not that i don't believe it it just didn't look like it did there was something the way she was moving was i was like does your back really hurt because the fact that you could even like do what you're doing seems like crazy uh to me and i think maybe at this point jamie wants to allow her to go home like maybe at this point jamie's like yeah i guess you should go home i i really want to i don't understand what jamie would look with seeing this person at all you know like at all she is and also the greatest part the greatest part about this is also this Chris is like, yeah, I ghosted Jamie on her birthday. She was just getting so needy. She was just so needy. And I'm looking at this woman and being like, you seem needy. <laughs> You're the one that seems like you need comfort and attention and pity all the time. And like, it just feels like, I mean, again, like if this person existed in my social circle because of acquaintances or work, I would avoid the person honey like the plague. <clears throat> and it's just the energy of just like <laughs> so much bad things happening. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I don't want to be that energy around me, honey. Like, I don't have to tell you. There's just people that like things happen to and, you know, they're, they're Chris, we, get it. We, we get it. You do not want to be around that person. And I agree with you. I think in person. Oh, absolutely not. But on TV, I'm okay watching it because I can, I, it, that distance is is fine with me. However, it's boring, right? Like that is really what it is, Chris. It is boring. You are bored. You don't I'm mad and bored. I'm okay. mad that they put them, I'm mad that they chose to ruin my time with them. And I also will say this. I think that I just like, I maybe I need a muscle relaxer. Maybe that's it. Honey, I woke up hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to tell you, get a get a get a needle and just like stick it in my fucking thigh and just like relax these moussals in my mouth. Anyway, so that's all I have to say about them. Let's move on to the other uh, couple that we're not going to want to talk about. And it's so sad uh, just today because I actually like G Gabe and Is Isabel. And I don't want to be like, oh, look, the two queer and or LGBT, whatever, adjacent couples I'm not into. But I'm actually into them. It's just that this episode had a lot of information and a lot of things that I, uh, that I, I like, I didn't uh, ask for. And I feel like I didn't, uh, I feel like not privy to that information. I feel like it felt like when you're in a social situation and then you're with someone who is going in and asking questions and you're like, Oh, that's not me. No, I don't, I don't actually need to know all this. And this person is making me look like I am a weird, curious cat. I would rather just, let you guys do your thing and I disrespect and both and just walk away and just be like, I have my own body and problems and complications. I just don't need all the pictures of like you not peeing the way you want to pee on a toilet. Like all of that was just honey, like upper echelon. Now I will tell you on the flip side, it's crazy to me that I have not, I don't know a lot about what happens in the surgery of trans people. And this show did illuminate a lot of like things I never fucking thought about or even thought to ask or care to know. So it's like, I still don't need to know all the intricate details, but there was so much that it did feel like uh, it was like a little gratuitous in the sense that I don't want to be privy to someone's personal business in that way. Yes. Um, Chris is also somebody who doesn't like gore. She doesn't like, like, pain. like even the, even like so much of it, like even seeing Jamie in pain, Chris doesn't like that either. She doesn't like to see any kind of like health 
issue pain blood gore nothing 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 of that sort um i am not that however i still did not want to to know any of that um it's mainly because i feel like i am of the opinion that as a human society we should accept trans people for who they are regardless of knowing how their body functions and i think and i have i mean maybe in the beginning yes i was curious um, but at this point in my trans ally journey, <laughs> I don't need that information. And I just felt bad that Gabe had to be that person mm -hmm. that has opened up the eyes of all of the folk in the middle or in on the co coasts that have never had any interactions with trans people or their humanity. And it just made me uncomfortable for him and for us. Cause I feel like, are they going to want details? I, you know, you know what I was also thinking about, and maybe this has nothing to do here nor there. And I'm not asking for you to chime in on this at all, Chris. I'm just saying that part of me feels like a trans men are the less talked about um, transition folk. Like we have a lot of people who are trans who choose to, to, to be non-binary trans and there's different types of trans. It's not just all, always men, women, women, men, but it felt like this is the, this was like the safe introduction to it. And I don't like that. I don't, I don't know. There's something about it that just makes me feel like, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe there are people out there who, who know what I'm saying, but yeah, I just, I don't want Gabe to be this martyr for this. I don't think yeah. it's necessary. And, but I guess there are people who do think it's necessary and Gabe on, put himself out there. I mean, he even had this moment where he's like, sorry, mom, sorry, grandma. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the level of violence that trans men face versus trans women. Um, I don't know if trans men are as clockable as trans women or other people who choose to, to transition in different manners. Um, and so I just don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, it just makes me feel like maybe while this may be on the other hand, good to educate folks as somebody who doesn't need that education, I'm a little uncomfortable because I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the same thing is like, if, if, if anyone had to deep dive into the major complications of their surgery in front of me, I would not want to be a part of that discussion at all. Yeah, like, I think it's just like, for me, in Wuhan said it's like, there is, for some people, like the basic human's capacity to want to survive. And so mentally, when I see bodies being harmed, or something like, you know, I don't like to watch people like do drugs, you know, like intravenous things, like when I see stuff like that it like does something just to the basic part of me that i'm like nah! anyway so oh, um having said that it's good that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. that's a that yeah. is a good and fair call out and it makes me feel like slightly a monster uh because i would like to see people fighting and get beat up all the time just kidding <laughs> listen my dad it's so funny because my dad as i was watching toe last night i want i brought in the scene when um debbie gets meets um osama for the first time my dad is watching boxing okay he's watching people beat themselves up and i bring this computer i'm like dad look you know and i like play them when she comes out or whatever and he was just like making fun of me he's like look what trash you watch and i was like oh i'm sorry what what look what i trash i watch you're a fucking roman gladiator watching people kill each other right now what are you talking about you know like these men are beating each other's fucking faces in and probably causing like mental damage and blood everywhere but like i'm the monster okay okay <laughs> all right anyway so moving on let me just say this so 
some good parts of this episode between um, Isabel and Gabe are the following things. Gabe says two things that I want to talk about, which is not about his journey uh, through surgeries, but his love situation with her, which is a, I love Isabel because she makes me feel normal. And I wanted to ruminate on that and I didn't do it last night, but the thought about it is this. I thought about, and I've been thinking about what causes someone to feel loved and or comfortable or safe with someone. And it's interesting because, you know, obviously we know Gabe's story and we understand how hard it's been for Gabe and um, other trans men. And, and I will say this was such a very human thing for him to say that is incredibly relatable because I think that I would also feel safe and or loved if I was with someone who sort of also made me feel normal. And by normal, I'm going to use another word, which means, which is lovable. There's something about not feeling other or feeling not good enough or feeling weird that also makes you feel like you are potentially an unlovable human. And I think I'm not, I'm not trans, but I understand the idea of, am I good enough for someone and, or will someone love this person for the rest of their life? And am I weird? Am I whatever? And it's so human. So when he says that about Isabel, and obviously we watch Isabel just be a very warm figure for him. It makes me feel incredibly happy that he found, he found her and that she is helping him with the business and and is there to support him in the surgeries. And I just like, it's incredibly inspiring and I want the best for them. Even though I don't like Chris and Jamie, like I I really do love Gabe and Isabel and I want, I want to see more of the relationship. Yes. It was just so much gratuitous inner body stuff that I was just like, I felt like, you know, bad, bad for the producers having asked him to do this. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that I, when I heard him say that, I was like, oh, I would like to love somebody and make somebody feel the way Gabe Isabel makes Gabe feel. I think that that is something to aspire to, to to have somebody feel like they love me for me. And it's because I feel like I've always been such a hard figure to love in that instance, um, you know, childhood trauma. So like to Same. to say that, <clears throat> I was like, I'm so happy for you, and I'm so happy that Isabel is, and and at every turn she's like, I don't care about his body. His body mm-hmm. is his body. If he wants to get the myo, not myomectomy, <laughs> the uh, surgery here, then it's fine. Like if he wants to do that, it's fine. Um, so yeah, you guys, just just so you know, there is this um, um. There are two documentaries that I watched in the early aughts about um, trans folk that I thought was good and helpful for me. Um, one of them was called Southern Comfort. And that was about a m- woman to man transition and just in the rural South after that person had already had two kids and a husband and they did it in like the freaking sixties. And so like, I would watch that if I were you, it's called Southern Comfort. And then another one that I watched is called Trantasia. And that's more so about um, a um, male to female who um, was in this pageant world or this like Las Vegas showgirl world, I believe. And um, I mean, they're early, so there might be some problematic things in them that may not be valid to this day. 
but it does give you like a kind of an early look into that the the world and the um the way that trans people have had to exist in this country um now granted this these stories are about non-people of color so it's a little different but it's still very heartbreaking and uh and enlightening so if you wanted to get some you can watch that um all right we're ready to move on yeah and i've never heard of seven comfort what a great what a great yeah i look it up okay all right baby booze who do you want to go on to now um let's do something happy let's talk about osama <laughs> okay osama she- and debbie yeah okay so you weren't uh you you didn't get an opportunity to um sort of record and talk about your first vision of osama like what you first felt when you saw that skinny man on a skateboard just fucking playing with cats tell us about your first impression uh i thought (laughs) i was like how does this you know like this is the kind of person that like i don't know that it this person exists and now i know this kind of person exists um he's just yeah he just wants to paint him okay osama to me kind of feels like what i was like in the late 90s which is that i wanted so badly to be artistic and sort of you know morose and sort of melancholy like i wanted like i was like honey in this 15 year old 16 year old body is a heart that beats with an old soul and so much trauma. But like, what's what's funny for me is that like, you know, I'm just definitely like in a world of privilege, like being an only child, like in Newport Beach, like living my life. But I was just like, sun sets on a sad girl's face as the moon, you know, like I did all of that. His poetry is horrible. And I'm not saying that, um, I, I'm saying that as I'm um, an English person. Uh, I'm not saying this man can't write poetry in his native language, but he decides to write poetry in, a, in English because he feels like it's the universal tongue, honey. And his poetry is, uh, I would say, just like been there, done that. It's a lot of like l- the words love and moon and sun. And it's like, oh, I definitely have heard of those. I mean, like those are just the easiest metaphors to be had, honey. I mean, you're no Pablo Neruda. I mean, you're no Shakespeare sonnet. You know, like this is not it. But however... Listen, let me give you some. Let me give you what? some of that. It's a, uh, you are a revelation. Let's let's go at iamic pentameter by iamic pentameter by like stanza by line. Okay, you are a revelation, a full moon, a tree, and a rose, Chris. <laughs> the sun get jealous when you walk beside me. I would like to break that little stanza down. The sun get jealous when you walk beside me. Who is the sun in this poem? Like what does the sun what does the sun represent? Why would it get jealous? Uh, like who are you to the sun? Right, right? You know what I'm saying? Is the sun somebody is the sun an entity that wants to walk by you, next to you? And if so why? Are you the galaxy? Like explain what is happening? <laughs> the sun get jealous when you walk beside me. Why is it? Because Debbie is like even bigger than the sun. Is she a supernova? Um, is is what is she? I mean, he says that she's an angel, and uh, I, you know, I got I got a good friend of mine to create a uh, a meme of it. Um, uh, Gabby did the Lord's work. I was like, Gabby, can you please make a picture of uh, <laughs> of uh, of what's his face of what's her name as an angel and she did here let me find it why don't you upload it so i can see it you're right okay well i'll talk while you do that so anyway yeah 
listen, Debbie is a light. We all know that she's an angel and a light. We know that she's very sunny, honey. She's warm. She has like golden features. She, she does radiate light. So it, I do understand the concept of this, but it's just like, it, it, you know, it is just, it's rudimentary. I mean, I don't want to tell you if you're going to be an art, if you want to call yourself an artist and you have to, if you're going to put your art out there, you have to be willing to have some sort of critique. And I will tell you that if you are a poet in 10 years time, you will look back at these poems and be like, wow, these were elementary at best. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Want me to help you? Fine. Listen, if you want to spend the rest of your life, honey, living with your dad and the cows and petting the cows, and I don't know why I'm talking like this, but if you want to do that, it's a great life. I like those cows. And you have those 14 chickens and you have the 19 teeth on one side of your mouth, honey. I get it. I've counted the numbers up. But if you want to be a poet, then yeah, I mean, you got to get some metaphors and some similes and some images that haven't been relentlessly pounded into western literature and i also feel like fuck english because you speak different languages moroccan people and i don't want to say every moroccan person but most but a lot of moroccan people speak arabic and french as well and if you speak english arabic and french then let's fucking start writing some poetry in the better languages for that honey that's arabic and french <laughs> arabic is a beautiful language that is flowery as fuck. And if you want to, you know, look up Khalil Gibran poetry, poetry, you know, like it's a big deal. It's he's a big deal for a reason. And like, it's just English isn't the language for that. And you just don't have enough words. You don't have enough like phrases. It's just not passionate enough, you know. And so, I think he should lean into like some other things. Like, and also, I think that he's a good cow petter. A cow petter. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, editing me for the laughing like that in that mic. I do apologize to myself. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. Okay, so tell me when you, okay. So here we, we open with Debbie having packing. She's packing her like carry-all, honey. And it's very hard to pack a carry-all. And you get everything in there. And I get it. She has a lot of things. She has like 14 rings on one hand, honey. I mean, she probably, in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's wearing the rings because she has no reason that she can't like pack them. I like, I'm surprised that she doesn't walk out of her house, honey, in 17 layers of clothes being like, I couldn't find room. But in her, I talked about this last night, in her carry-all, honey, is what? pillow rollers you see them she 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 packs them pillow rollers and i love this woman so much honey i just like <laughs> those that beautiful frizzy like long ass hair honey that she just like rolls into like little curls and then she like and then they like, fall out honey and they're just like the most beautiful like long eccentric haired woman just like i i love her so much i also said this last night she is a 100 a jennifer coolidge character i mean like jennifer coolidge playing her would be like my favorite thing in the whole world like and also yeah i said this last night too and i'm sorry but i'll say it again could jennifer coolidge host snl can jennifer coolidge host snl please and i don't understand this is one thing about snl there are so many people in this world that are like big ass deals and also have had like copious training in sketch and improv comedy. But SNL just wants to bring on. No, wait, you're going off the person. rails. Where, where are you going? I come back. Jennifer, Coolidge, like... Jennifer Coolidge is a groundlings. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so Jennifer Coolidge is, let me finish my, what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. I know you don't get it, but I'm going to finish my thought. Jennifer Coolidge is an amazing actress who's having a big ass deal right now. And she has a whole ass career in improv and sketch comedy. And that's what I'm talking about, Groundlings. And why I'm saying this is, is a tangential thing to say that for how big and important she is, SNL won't have her on for whatever fucking reason. And she's probably better than the entire cast they have right now. The woman has been doing comedy on stage for years. Anyway, so here's a thought, SNL. Get her on and have her play Debbie. I'm Chris Farron. I'm out. Does um does SNL do 90 Day Fiance skits? They definitely have. Oh. They do. I mean, they're, you know, they have to talk about the zeitgeist of pop culture. And I mean, let's fucking talk about it. Nothing's bigger than 90 Day Fiance for me. <laughs> You're right. Um, okay, so basically she packs, she gets out. She's traveling there. You know, she's filming herself. She's like pushing her thing. She's so excited. She's like, I want to run to meet him. And we're all kind of like, yeah, but girl, but you're wearing like kind of floppy shoes. You can't run. No, don't run, Debbie. You know, like her son has like pleaded with her not to leave. It's incredibly sad. You know, like at one point when her son drops her off, I'm like, boo, you're getting on this flight. You know you are. Go and buy a ticket at the fucking desk right now and escort your mom to Morocco. It's like, honestly, what I was in my mind thinking. Like, I don't understand how that's not even happening, but okay. And then, so she gets off the plane and she like goes outside and she like meets her man and she is just like, hi, Osama. She stares at him as if she is never seen in her life anyone that had that has a penis and or is attractive i mean like and osama is two years old with one billion teeth off to the side oh my god look at her that's the lord's worth gabby thank you gabby <laughs> yes um so when because what happens is she walks out and she's like hi osama you look so handsome and he's like, hello, Debbie, you look like an angel. And I said, Gabby, uh, I need you to make me, give me a picture of uh, Debbie as an angel. And she said, look at these it. hands. Look at these hands. Look at these. So if you guys are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash docusweeties, you would have got that visual. Um, and so, yeah, the, the you know these are good old, are good old Patreon. And for those of you guys who are on um, audio, I, Chris keeps on saying that she said it last night. You guys don't actually have last night. I didn't upload it, so just in, just erase that. She's talking to the Patreon only when she says last night. Okay, guys, so don't think like, oh my god, I missed something. You didn't miss anything. Um, so, yeah. Wow. I mean, his okay. So what it is is that there's like a tooth. There's like a baby tooth that didn't fall out. And then there's like a gap in the middle. And listen, as I've oh, as I keep saying to you guys, dental is is a privilege, right? That is one of the least that is that is one of the least most you know things that people are worried about. They're worried about your gums because your gums can mess up your body. Um, but like as far as like your teeth go, like it is a it is the lesser of the things in the body. Go ahead, you're confused. Ask the question for health. Yeah. If your gums are messed up for health, for health wise, if your gums are messed up, like your, your body's messed up. But you do need teeth to like chew, you know, like how are you going to eat? You do. But I'm saying the cosmetic portion of it, of making sure they're straight and all that stuff. Like that is a very Western thing 
um, you know, there, there are pl plenty of British people running around with like teeth doing all kinds of things, right? But it's a very American thing to go and get braces as a child in order to correct any, you know, teeth issues. And but for most Americans, it's it's relatively expensive. You know, like you you're gonna have to sink, you know, three to five thousand dollars into your kid's mouth if you try to give everyone, bra you know, them braces. So it's a thing. But anyway, so I always say that because whenever I want to like talk about someone's teeth, it is so crazy to me. Like I can't imagine putting my lips to someone's lips if their teeth are just doing a, ma a magical like ballet. It's like, like the nutcracker. It's like literally chewing on rocks like situation. Um, anyways, but that's all we're going to say about that because again, it's a privilege and we're, you know, we're privileged, privileged. so um, yeah. I but you didn't have braces even though you have perfect teeth, right? I didn't have braces um, because my um, mother is a, like, she, this is hereditary. Like my, my gap is hereditary, but all of my life, she told me that it was because I sucked my thumb, which I did. So she was like, you did that to yourself. And you're just going to have to suffer the consequences. And I was like, uh, I don't care. Sucking my thumb gives me the most comfort in the entire world. My teeth can fall out for all I care. And then, but my sister, my little sister had braces. Wasani never, perfect teeth. Um, no gap, like he has teeth like my dad. Um, That's crazy but, that you, yeah, but that, it's crazy that you have perfect teeth though. I mean, besides the fact, I mean, I, I think your gap is great, but like, you know, like you have white straight ass teeth. That's fucking crazy. Can I school, wait, I want to- No, down here it's not straight. They're doing a thing down here. There's like a, there's like <clears> a gap When did you stop here. sucking your thumb? Huh? When did you stop sucking your thumb? You're like, never. Old. Do you still suck up sometimes? Mm-mm. No. Do you think about it? I do think about it. <laughs> Look at it. Look. Guess which one I sucked. Wait, I cannot tell what I'm supposed to is it, is it one pad of your finger smaller than the other? Yeah. This one is like way thinner than this one. Yeah, why? Because you sucked the, the mm -hmm. you sucked it too this hard? This is the thumb I sucked. It was a long time. It was like 20s. Maybe did I know you? Yes. I don't think, I don't, I don't remember sucking my thumb in New York, but I remember sucking it before that in my twenties. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm I knew like, you. I'm tell you right now, you guys don't understand. Like I'm a well, relatively <laughs> adjusted person, but like, I like self-soothe like my entire life. I have to self-soothe, self-soothe. Part of that was sucking my thumb. Fa um, fantasy books like if I could drink I would be a full-blown alcoholic like if I had if my 20s if I were allowed to drink <laughs> I would be a completely different person I never thought about the fantasy books as being your self-soothing thing well that's fucking fascinating um <clears throat> let me pay let's go back to this show we're talking about um oh yeah Osama. so then I love <laughs> so yeah I love Debbie staring him into his <laughs> eyes and just so like hi Osama this is the rest of my life. And she's like, I don't want to push Osama on when he's going to marry me, but I'm thinking we're going to get married in a month. And the audience is like, oh, shenanigans afoot. This is like a perfect, these are a perfect couple. I mean, this is what 90 Day Beyonce should be about. How did this woman, how does, okay. So how does this very sweet, lovely, eccentric, fun woman exist at this seasoned age and yet lives in a delusional fantasy land where she thinks this is all going to work out? And what I really want to know is how do I make sure that's not me? Um, I think it, I think at some point you just have to, ex I, see, I think with her, she accepted that she was never going to find anybody. And so she became a recluse and that was the part where she went wrong. And so that when she came out of that, um, reclusiveness, 
she um isn't it weird how we say recluse when it's like the word is reclusive but we like change the way that the like at first i thought when someone was a recluse i thought they were like rec loose like i thought it was w-r-e-c-k-l-o-o-s-e that's mm-hmm. how I see the word. But is it really reclusive? And they change. Okay, anyways. So when you become that, I think when you come out of it, you want to do any and everything. So what you have to do is not become a recluse. You can't do some, you can't be somebody who just like gets super sad. You have to be super like comfortable with being, being with yourself. That mm-hmm. this idea of a like lifelong companion or a companion until you die, you have to kind of like not let get it Get a dog or get a dog. Yeah, it can't be your first thing. Um, it can't be like your your modus operandi of like what exactly you want to do. Um, she, could, could you imagine a world where a young American woman moves to like Ecuador to be with some like older man? That is what I want to see. That is the next thing they need to get. I need a 90 day fiance where the person in the US is young and the person abroad is old and and it doesn't even matter if the old person comes to the u.s like i would like like i would love a 24 year old to bring like a 52 year old over from um uh, malaysia you know what i'm saying just bring them over from malaysia <laughs> like i want to see that so bad <laughs> like you're right because we see so many similar things i would i would love to see an incredibly rich foreign person well, they already have the visa. That's the thing. But I would like to see it. They wouldn't need a 90 day. And maybe like the American could go to, to them in the rich land. Yeah. Yes. Like what could, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, could you, like, it could be anything. It could be, it could be a person that fell in love with like a uh, rich Asian person. It could be a person that fell in love with like a Russian rich person. Like I forgot what they keep calling rich Russian people. Oglig- oligarchs. What is that word? I don't, I don't know. Understand. I've never heard of that. Okay, whenever I go bust. Um, <clears throat> like, there's just a rich a golf person, you know, like Lindsay Lohan just married someone and is having a baby with like some golf person. I know it's like golf, you know, golf people. I don't mean like G O L F, I mean like G U L F. Oh, I really thought you meant like a professional golf from your. No, I know. And I realized, like, it's golf. like, a, you know, like the the royal rich people of the Saudi Arabian royal family. Like I'm listening on, I know probably those people have to marry, you know, uh, Muslims, you know, and like people that are um, of the faith, but there's gotta be, yeah. I want a rich foreign person to be on the show having dated like a poor or younger American, because I'm obviously we see a lot of the power dynamics being like the Johan and Daniela or whatever. We're like, Danielle feels like she has so much power because she has more money than him. And he's, she's older than him and she's the American, you know, and she's like all of those. And so I want to just to see some different power shifts. Yeah. Um, anything um, else to say about Osama and uh, Debbie? Yeah. I just mostly, obviously we're going to see Debbie's heartbreak next, next episode, I think. And it's, I just like, can't, I it just I can't wait to see how that plays out. Like, is it just that he just like thought that it feels very much like this person is not reality. He's very young. So he just thought that he was talking to some old bitty honey and she shows up and he's like, cool. Thanks for showing up. Bye. I got to go put this cow. And she's like, this isn't my life. I'm not going to stay here with you. And he's very sad. I like, don't know how I'm going to deal with it. You lied to me, Osama. Let's not be like that. Um, let's all right. Talk so about- let's talk about um, them. We didn't talk about. Yeah, let's talk about them. Ugh, okay, what happens? He basically he comes over, says, "I'm sorry," brings her a stupid flower, and um, he. I don't remember what the thing was, but it felt very like, "Oh, this was produced. This argument was produced." The way he apologized for not telling her um, because he was lied to at first, and then I don't know. I mean, I'm not even sure. 
<laughs> I'm not sure what happened. I just remember was- being dumb and her being like, it doesn't feel good to sleep by myself and I'm not your girlfriend, I'm your wife. And like, I love you. And then they kiss. Yeah, basically she was like, you know, it's very hard for me to have a baby. I've been trying to have a baby. And so you lying with the fact that you almost had a baby, but then she aborted it as a big ass fucking deal. And you are like, you know, she's just, she wants so badly to get him at all times. So I don't know, just acquiesce and tell her like how, I don't know. She's just, she's obviously a horrible person. And to, to make it all about her when this is a situation that happened to him in his past that has nothing to do for her and to her to feel like she's a victim of a story that, you know, it's just like, I just... I hate her so much, you know, like it really changed from like season one. Like I, she was, she was palpable in season one as a curly haired, big, big, butt, lovely, like weird witch person. And then now she's just like a Karen. She's like, she's like a curly haired Karen. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You said it right. You know what to tell us. You said it right. Um, Yeah, we can move on. I ha- yeah, it's like they aren't fun to watch, and I feel bad for Johan, and I just like feel like at any moment he's about to leave. And I, I thought that he was about, I thought he was going to leave at the end of this episode, and I was going to be kind of happy about it. Yeah, and he didn't. So that's why I felt like it was producer based. Like they somehow, I don't know, told I don't know, it was dumb. Um, all right, next couple um, that we should talk about is it Rishi? Is it Rishi and Gen time? Oh, Nicole Mahmoud. And Ma- yeah, Mahmoud and Nicole. Um, so you guys, I think that. Michelle from Blighted Day Fiance, she I did a the last week's episode with her and she had a very good take on um um this couple and I think it was very similar to what Chris was saying about this couple is that here is is Mahmoud. This man who his entire life has been taught that a woman not only would not only is built for but would love to be a wife and a mother and serve her family and serve Allah and that any woman, especially in, in, in Islam, because you know, that's the same with Christian folk, the love of Allah will see you through the love of God will see you through. So how can, after knowing the love of, of your creator, how can you not want to do all the things that, keep your people safe or keep you, you know, keep everybody comfortable. Right. So he has introduced her to this world and she agreed that she would be there with him and be his bride. And now she has completely backpedaled and everything that he has been taught about what a woman would love and want. She has said, no, I don't love. And I don't want that. And he's looking around left and right. He's seeing his mom, his sister, his sister-in-law, other women, other people's wives. And he's like, no, these women love this. They love serving Allah, serving me as, you know, in the Mormon church is like the priesthood holder. But it's the same thing in, in Islam. Like the man is the one who's supposed to be the most religious because he is the head of the family. And I really do fault her for this because she said yes to something that she could not do. And then instead of just saying, you know what? I wasn't fair to you and I made a mistake and this is wrong. I cannot do this. She has decided to make him responsible for making her comfortable in a lifestyle that she agreed to, but is no longer comfortable in Chris. You are not wrong. Having said that is his religion very conservative and very different from her than anything she grew up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Should she have known that? Because she's 38, even though she doesn't always look it. She's a lovely, I like Nicole. I think that she, uh, and I like her, I mean, like, I want the best for her. Again, same thing as Chris, where I don't think I could be friends with that energy, honey. Like, it's, she's, her energy is, <laughs> but listen, I want the best for her. And uh, she, yeah, she, she's at a loss. She doesn't know what to do. I don't understand kind of quite her fascination with him being like the end all be all. Because I don't even know what he gives her other than her feeling loved. You know, and I, and I get it. And it's the same thing as we're always talking about. There's a profound loneliness that is the driving force of most of the decisions on this show. You know, and as humans, and as for a single, as because I'm single, I 100% get it. I get it, you know. But at the same time, I think the, the line is what you sacrifice of yourself and and also the dishonesty if you truly love someone of what they're looking for to mm -hmm. this cannot mm -hmm. possibly work he is you know at a very conservative part of being islam where he, like his aunts and uncles are like you know in in very much i don't know the exact word but it's the like it is the more than hijab it is would you say it? fully covered fully covered only the eyes out yeah, it's not burqa, I guess. I mean, I thought it was that. But um, so anyway, let's go back to this. So she, you know, she's very bored throughout the whole day. She really can't do anything. She can't go out. There's like no cafe. She doesn't know where the women cafes are. If there are women cafes, she has no friends. She's like basically trying to make tea in the morning. She doesn't know how to even light the stove. She's asked him before. His his demeanor feels very much like, oh, this woman is always giving me problems. She's always crying. She's always upset. There's a demeanor of him that's like kind of over her in the beginning. Like, I got to fucking what? Show you how to light a stove again, bitch? Because like, it's a fucking lighter and you put it on. I mean, listen, I'm not saying that it's easy, but his demeanor is like, bitch, I've been telling you how to light this fucking stove. What are you, what are you doing? Are you, how long does it take you to go into that bathroom? 17 hours while you cut your bangs again? My mom's got a you know use the shishmi which is an arabic word by the way <laughs> but like you know and i feel bad for her because this is she left her apartment in, in franklin and hollywood right at the you know franklin and gower and she probably had her own bathroom where she could spend 19 years in and not have to sweep the floor afterward or mop the floor and now she's like anxious as fuck she feels like she has to mop the floor perfectly. It's wet anytime any of these people from his family could walk in and just slip and she's killed someone, you know, and then she's just sitting there with those cute bangs, like in a murder cell, you know, like she's going through it and I get it. It's just his energy is like, you are always on a fucking 10. You are always crying and sad. And my mom was always like, what's happening with your wife? And I don't know how to deal with it. Like, you're never happy. And I don't want to be the cause of your unhappiness. I just want you to fucking... Like, not be miserable, but she's miserable all the time. Yeah, and and lighting that stove is easy. So like he is. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, I I lit stoves like that when I was ten. So I I know it's it is easy. <laughs> you just can't. You just have to be kind of quick with it. Um, but the I think what I, what I saw from that is her trying to tell him and make him feel like his way of life is not adequate. It's not right. You see the fact that I have to do this and I can't do it because it's hard. You see the fact that I have to like give up my bathroom space because it's hard. Like he, I think that that's what I get from her. 
And I feel like he's tired. He wants her to pray. He wants her to just light the thing. He wants her to come outside and if they go to her uncle, his uncle's house, put the fucking hijab on. Like, that's what he wants. And, and it's like, to me, I feel like she is now, not only is she saying like, um, I am not the best Muslim, but I'm trying. She's like, I don't want to do this. And I'm going to soon stop trying because she won't even acquiesce to putting on a hijab to go to a conservative man's home. And it's like, I know plenty of Muslim women who do not wear the hijab, but who find, who are very proud Muslim folk. And maybe they don't pray five times a day, but they, you know, they're, they still love their faith. Right. And they would still wear a hijab if they had to go to their conservative, conservative uncle's house. They would still do whatever they needed to do in certain instances. And, you know, no one's asking her to wear the full, it's like, it's called like a nadduch or something like that. It starts with an N and it has a, Q, a D and a Q in it uh, at the end. And it's like, they're not asking her to wear that. And, and it's because and it's initially she agreed to it. And so at this point, he's like, listen, he says something that I find we're fighting words in my mind. As soon mm -hmm. as he said, you are going to eventually wear the hijab, and she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, well, that's not, that's what you think, but you are. I would, at that point, I would have said to her, him as her, okay, so that's the fundamental difference. What's going to happen if I don't wear the hijab? And then he would have said, well, then we're not right for each other. And then she would have said, then I think we're not right for each other. And so I'm so sorry to put you through this. I will go apologize to your mother, but I'm going to pack my bags because I have to go. Because the truth is, is that I'm never going to wear the hijab. If it's to me, it's, it's to me, she is now at the point where she's like disrespectful of his religion and his requests and so she needs to back out of it because again to me wearing a hijab is not that big of a deal and if it is to you then you have a you have something really negative with the religion or with the culture or whatever it is like you don't want it yeah absolutely you know it's like if you go to your aunt's house and she's like hey this is a shoes off home honey we take your shoes off and you're with someone a guy or whatever you're with a you i mean i'm a whatever heterosexual but if i was with anyone and that person was like fuck your aunt i'm fucking walking through her house honey with these clobbery dirty shoes it's just it's like it's kind of like a similar thing or it's like yeah. you don't you don't have to always take off your shoes but right now you're in my aunt's house under her roof honey and it's a shoes off fucking home what is the problem yeah like and it's also everything about we're going to talk about Jen and Rishi next. And so these have parallel situations where you have a woman who is a Western woman who is not used to um, communal living, who is not used to the obligations of a community or family-based household and life, as well as like certain cultural things. So like obviously Rishi is Indian and obviously um, <clears throat> uh, who we're talking about, Mahmoud, Mahmoud is um, Egyptian and, and heavily way more what feels like religious than um, Rishi's family. Nicole, for some reason, does not understand that Mahmoud is a person with convictions and faith. And it's who he is in his core. And he needs to be happy with someone who can be in his life. It's so selfish of me to be like, I don't understand what you think you're giving this. What, what is like, why are you with this person? Is it just because you've never like enjoy, like you've never what had like some sort of like relationship you feel safe in. And so you want to Jimmy yourself into this situation. That's so wrong for you. Like there is something about Nicole that does feel like 
I want her to get some hair help in therapy. She seems like a wounded bird, you know, like she seems like she's 10 years younger than she is, you know, like I, I, I want her to feel love and safe and this is not the place to do it. Yeah, it's not. So they fight. She's, he leaves because he doesn't want to fight anymore. And, um, he, comes back and she's packing and then he tries she tries to make it seem like it's on him the reason why she's packing well you told me you don't want to be with anyone you told me to just leave then so I left and I'm leaving and what is it you want and he's like he needs her, he needs for her to be realistic for a moment and to like for them to both make the decision so that it's not on him the reason why they're not together or they're not gonna work out it's on her it's because she does not want to be the type of wife that he wants to have he doesn't want to have a Western wife who's out here showing her neck to everybody and teasing all the men in the neighborhood. Um, he wants a wife who is happy in the religion and loves the religion as much as he does. And, and she should understand that. I feel like she came from some kind of fundamentals background too. Like maybe not her parents or maybe not fundamental, but they came from, it feels like they came from some kind of strict, some religious background. And I think maybe that's what she's having some aversion to. Um, and so we just watched them fight. It was uncomfortable. And next he cries. Maybe even worse. Yeah. He, you know, he cries and says, I just don't feel like I'm the right man for her. And I'm like, oh, my God, you said it. Great. Good. Bye. You know, yeah. Like, he, they know it. You know, like, they know it. You know, he, this, that dinner with his friends when she, like, makes them all hang out. Like, it's so funny to me that she does not understand the way the culture works. Where she's just like, no, I don't get it. Why can't I just hang out with you and your friends? I'm like, bitch, you've been living in Egypt. I don't understand. This isn't your first fucking rodeo. Like, the whole time you were in Egypt before, did you walk around and see that the cafes only have men? You didn't see that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, also, it's like she does it again. So last episode, she's like, I'm going to listen to my husband when he tells me that things aren't normal. Husband tells her to wear the hijab when they go to the uncle's house. She goes to the uncle's house without the hijab. They're talking shit about her. She's probably going to be like, oh, maybe I should have listened to my husband again when he's telling me what I should do. Like, he's not making her wear it in the house. He's not making her wear it when the cameramen are there. He's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, if she's just like, wear it when you go out with me. When you're out by yourself, you could be naked. When you're with me, wear the thing, you know, naked meaning without it. Like, it's just, it's just so crazy. Anyways, let's move on. Oh, I want to say one more thing. Oh. I also don't even get this. So they get in a big fight. I feel like the big fight is because of this. His whole family's being like, what's wrong with you that you don't tell your woman how to live? And he's like, in his mind, he's like, well, I don't have, can't tell this woman how to live. Honey, she's fucking crazy. So I think that when she's like, you didn't make me do this on the phone, what is he gets upset about is his whole family's going to watch this fight. And it's making it seem like he doesn't care when the cameras are off what she wears. And he does. But he doesn't know how to, like, tell this woman on a FaceTime and she's in America to put some sleeves on. So when she's like, you don't make me do it, he is like, oh, no, my whole family's going to watch me and think that I'm a fucking bad Muslim because of this. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, I really hate that fight. Uh, and I really hate her. I really hate them together. And she needs just to get back honey, to that door dashing in Hollywood. And I, I mean, I feel like very fucking soon I'll order some food and she'll be the one to deliver it. Okay. Um, shall we move on my bluff? Yeah. Well, that's a girl. Yeah. All right. Jen and Rishi y'all. So we start out this episode with Jen, um, 
hot off of being frustrated that she, when she like has those all those awkward questions for Rishi's mother, uh, Rishi's yeah, Rishi's mother, and she makes Rishi translate, and Rishi's sister is like, "That's not what she said," and Rishi's friend is like, "This is gonna be a shit show," and I'm here for it um and <laughs> she's in the car and she's like uh why didn't you tell me and he's like i didn't tell you because i didn't want you to be upset i love you so much and i don't want you to leave me so i lied because i love you and it's just like abuse abuse 101 um red flag number one and abuse 101 and then the next day they are like on the roof or something not on the roof but they're outside and she's like well, i need you to tell me the truth and this is where i was like oh wow she's wearing a she's got her eyeliner tattooed um and I'm like, she's not old enough to have the eyeliner tattooed. So she just made that choice on her own. Is she of the age? Yeah, she is. She's 47. She is of that generation that get that Gen X that would get their eye eyeliner tattooed. Yeah. You know, I actually did have a, I had a roommate in college that did. Wow. Yeah. It looked great. Oh, it did? Yeah. And I remember just because they were like, uh, yeah, she was, I think she was like Latina. And so she just like, it looked really fucking good. <laughs> And I remember just being like, oh, shit, that looks great. And I'm like, can I do that? But anyway, I didn't do it. Mostly because I was afraid of it being so close to my eyeballs. Absolutely. Never do. I would never do that. But like I, it fades and then you look like you always have kind of eyeliner on. And then it's eyeliner changes. Like eyeliner is not the same eyeliner you wore in like 92 is not the same eyeliner you're going to wear in 2023. So can I get it tattooed? Me. I couldn't. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So here we are. Jen is, gonna, Jen is hot and late to um, a Zumba class. <laughs> One thing you know about Jen, honey, if you are a young Indian male who loves fitness, then Jen is coming for you. No, she's got her eye on you, honey. One eye. And it's going to be like this kind of stare. Okay, so she when she was there before, honey, she met her other like friend, Deer, honey. And Deer did 10 lines of coke and decided to like teach this fucking dance class and you know it's the moves are it feels disjointed like it's not like you know i feel like we've all done like you know it's like uh, yeah grapevine this way and then grapevine that way but everything is like you know everything is like no no one knows how to follow it no woman who's taking this class feels like they've ever taken this class before and know what's happening next i don't know what's happening to me but literally my my it's like yeah it's it's it, it is so interesting but these women are very very excited to be on tv i mean they are like bye like we know our little english like we we are excited to be on american tv and the way that they are just like disjointedly chopping in the air and like jumping back and forth i mean they surely did get a workout because by the time that deer and jen have their conversation she's got like she's sweating her hair is all wet in the back and and on the sides um and let me tell you deer is her very very good friend i mean this man she met um whilst looking for somewhere to work out in this area and um I'm like really terrified you're going to speak into the mic and, and I'm like looking at the time to realize where I have to like fix this. <laughs> so no, I'm giving <laughs> eyes to be like, she fucked him. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like, so she's like, yeah, I met him and then we became good friends and like, he knows me so well. And so I need his advice in this situation. Like he knows everything about me. And this man is like sitting here like, like a guru. I mean, he has got the darkest of dyed hair. He has got the anime of contact eyes. And he, I, he was just such a, he was like, just a weird fitness guru and i'm so glad that rishi i'm glad that he's not rishi like what if he were rishi like what if what if it weren't rishi what if it was deer what if she was moving to india to be with deer 
<laughs> that's what dear wants i i dear 100 wants i feel like to jump back into that and it won't be the first time jen's pants um yes now so during this conversation with dear we get a flashback of like a little conversation that happened after the mom talk with rishi and jen right so then after like where it's like what are they trying to like go over that so then after the john the dear advice giving next scene is rishi being like let's go fly a kite upstairs honey let's go on that rooftop and let's go fly a kite up to the highest height let's go fly a kite and send it soaring what 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 genre of music was that you were it was like it was like a little i thought it was like shania twain singing let's go fly a kite those you were giving me just now okay i'm gonna take it honey honey listen listen do i want it to be you know, it's funny because obviously that's Mary Poppins and obviously it's sung by Dick Van Dyke, who's just like, you know, it's a great, great person. It's not sung by Julie Andrews. And so how do you sing goes, it? Let's go fly a kite down to the ma ma ma. And you did like a, like you definitely like took it to the next level. She was like, I'm, I'm elevating that Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, honey. <laughs> let's, let's call him vagina Van Dyke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> better. He's it's better. So anyway, um, it's a beautiful festival. So this festival is celebrating that God, honey, took a nap, took a, took a nap for like 30 fucking days. And then God wakes up, which I get, you know, like this is like, I was like, oh, honey, I'm God. I'm like, oh, I've never been more godly. Okay. So then God wakes up, honey, and we're like flying kites on rooftops. It's really beautiful. And um, I'm like, always from my, every time they have like any sort of like East culture ceremony that involves a religiousness or whatever it's just like isn't it so beautiful to see like indian customs and like thai you know when they're like everything is like putting a candle on a lotus beautiful flower and setting it down a goddamn river and it's a billion of them they look so gorgeous we do we do, we do nothing like that in america except for sometimes we have like plastic duck races in rivers and that's all you're gonna fucking get from us anyway moving on so he's flying this kite and then he's like also just like low-key this is what happens you think it's all nice and then we get into some fucking kite battles there's kite fights so then these fucking so then i don't even know how this happens it's like a it's a string honey and it's like a piece of paper they're bending on their heads like it's like whatever there's like nothing else up there but then somehow the kites battle and you can cut the other person's kite now i don't understand what the string is is it sandpaper string and you just kind of keep rubbing it back and forth and the other person's string it's it finally cuts it and it goes off there's not little like is there a little scissors that you can i don't know quite sure but anyway rishi's like doing it he's like oh no they're gonna cut my kite and then like they cut off his kite honey and then people from the rooftops are like we cut your kite bitch you know and they're like cut my kite you know so what a great custom yeah i mean i definitely uh thought rishi was really handsome while he was talking in his uh, confessional about um cutting the kite and what you say i was like he has a lot of pretty straight teeth um uh, uh, let me just go back to deer real quick so deer also tells uh jen (laughs) that he um (laughs) that he knows her because he's like you know what your heart and your brain are telling you two different things and she fucking flies out of her seat does a cartwheel crawls back to him and says you know me so well and i said that is most people when they're having some kind of issue with love most people not if not everyone if not everyone who has any issues with someone they're in love with the reason why they don't just cut ties is because they have a battle between their brain and their heart 
So he, I mean, <laughs> she, I literally, she, she, he, she, she envisions him like, you know, sitting cross-legged and just floating up from the pillow that he's sitting on, just like, um, just like a spiritual leader. And he's basically like, you know, he, he's like, do you think Rishi's parents will accept me? And, uh, she, he says, uh, she says that. And he says, she's like, you can tell me the truth. And he's like, well, um. Rishi needs to take the bull by the horn. He needs to be the one to tell his mother what to do. She will cry. She will rant and rave for a couple of days. But after that, if he lays down the law, everything will be fine. And then to the cameras, he says, Rishi is making a fool of Jen. Rishi is not doing what needs to happen. And I said, you know what? He's right. He's what everybody in the States is thinking. And it is great. Thank you, dear. Yeah. Thank Namaste. you. Thank you, dear. Also, yeah, we all, having watched many of Jenny and Sumit being like, Oh, so you're saying if Sumit had just like been a man, sorry, bad choice of word, if, uh, but in his culture, if he had just been um, able and strong enough to, to respectfully tell his family what he has chosen and, and then not care about their initial reaction that they would have come back around. But, up, but what Sumit ended up doing is like, you know, trying to like lie to them and not tell them truth and like keep his mom's hopes that he'll somehow leave Jenny and that just never happened. And so like, that's kind of like the mishmash we're in now. Um, so basically Jen is, is a smart lady and realizes that he's lied to her and that this is what's happening. And, um, that is the parents are looking for someone that he is somehow, not quite able to like tell them that he's already found the person. So she's like asking questions like, so just like low key, like, Hey Rishi, when are you going to feel chill enough to be like, I found someone because you make it seem like you don't have to meet any of the arranged marriages that they're just waiting for you to tell them that you found someone. So when is that going to be okay? Because you know, you've been finding someone and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll know that I can tell them that I, uh, that it's you when they at some point are like, Hey, where's that girl? And so Jen's like, wait, wait, wait. I got to fucking just hang around your house enough to at some point months in the line, one of your family members will be like, where's that old white lady? And then you'll be like, ding, ding, ding. You mean my fiance? You know, like, is that what it is? And Rishi's like, uh-huh. <laughs> ah! Like I, I, it's, it's actually fucking, it's actually great. But then somehow like Jen hears that and she's smart enough to know that that's absolutely fucking asinine. But she knows she's on a show and she wants to acquiesce. So he's like, look, another way to do it is if you just moved in with me and they see how great you are. And she's like, oh, <laughs> that also seems butt fucking crazy because, you know, this is not my life. And he's like, OK, OK, OK. How about you move in with my friends and just get a taste of what that like cohabitating life is and then we can talk. And so she's like, OK, which great. So then he has some friend, honey, who has a beautiful home. Like there, it's a beautiful uh, home, you know, like it's all like modern. He has this like lovely young wife who is like only to have to be like, hi, now it's me wife, wife trainer. And like, you know, Jen very much realizes that like, she's a, she keeps saying like, so it's just wife training. And she's like, eh. because what is also hundred percent true, which we've been knowing because of Jenny and Sumit is that there is a hierarchy of family obligations and roles to play in that kind of situation. And every Indian mother has been waiting for a daughter-in-law to come to relieve them of their housework responsibilities. They don't want to get up and have to cook all the goddamn time and clean the whole goddamn place and make fucking tea all the time. And so they have been waiting for a young lady to just be like, Boop, new girl, 
However, in these situations, when they're like dumb son just keeps marrying old ass women, they are not going to get someone to come in and like relieve them of their duties, which is why they're always so pissed. But the sons don't get it. So anyway, Jen's like, okay, well, I guess I'll figure, figure out how to do this. And then the young um, friend's wife is like, you know, it's different, different for American Western women because they think they're raised to believe that everyone's equal. And they're raised to believe that if they massage their uh, husband's feet, that the next day the husband will massage their feet. It's different. Yeah. Well, and I love that Jen is not disrespectful about it. She's not Nicole. She's not looking at everything and then looking at, at the husband and being like, and she's not like asking questions in a way that would make these folk think that she's judging them or that the way they're doing it is wrong. She's like, oh, so 4 a.m., but does your husband do that to you? And the guy's like, no. She's like, okay, okay, I see what you're putting, picking up what you're putting down here. Cool, cool, cool. And she's like, of course, I'm not going to be disrespectful. They're going to show me some things. I'm going to do it. And, you know, it's it's an hour out of her life. Why would she act run amok? But it is wife training. And that's what she requires because that's what an Indian wife is. And she's like, I don't know what I'm getting into. I thought Rishi and I were going to live separately. I thought he, he liked the fact that I'm independent. I mean, yeah, he likes the fact that you're independent because he can't wait to make you dependent. He can't wait to make you not that. <laughs> he would like you to be very dependent upon him and and make him in, you know, somewhat in servitude from an American lens to his family to provide that service to the family that is required for his mother. I mean, we all know that brother is not going to get married. We saw that brother last episode and that brother doesn't know up from down. That brother never seen a camera. That brother is like, like stand off that. <laughs> that brother is... <laughs> No. Not. Could you imagine? Yeah, it's a quite different look. I mean, Rishi is, I mean, what happened? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not going to be mean, but yes. Yeah. Um, no, Rishi is like fucking, he's, he's Indian Fabio compared to, I mean, that, that brother is like Mike of Mike and Jimena. He's Indian Mike of Mike and Jimena. Yes, he is. Uh, he is, he is. <laughs> like it is, it is vastly different. It is like one gene pool is here and then the other one is just like the other, the shallow end, you know? And so, um, it's up to it's up to Rishi to do that. And Jen is like, I have two master's degrees. I didn't get two master's degrees to become a an Indian wife. And I feel that that was a little rude. It was a little rude. I understand you have two master's degrees, but there are probably women out there. I, there, there I, there's a woman I know who is a doctor who has her doctorate. And uh, her life is towards the retreat of her family and her husband. Um, you know, so that's, that doesn't always mean that. But my thought is, is like, if you got two master's degree to not be an Indian woman, then um, what are you doing with your life? Why are you in India? I'm trying to marry this Indian man. Where, wh why aren't you like making the riches off of your master's degree? And maybe she is, maybe she has some virtual job using two, both of her degrees. Like she's like science, you know, solving scientific problems and she doesn't need to be anywhere. She could just be, do it virtually. Maybe that is true, but it just felt a little bit like, Oh, so you can't have two degrees and, and you know, be a, a loving wife and daughter-in-law and, well, not I guess not mother, because that ship has sailed, perhaps. Yeah, but we're going to talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, well, I can't wait to see what happens next week for lots of reasons. But I'm I'm so happy that we have, I really like Jen. I, I like her energy. And I, I do, I, I love the fact that she was... Um, warm and nice to them and it's, it's obvious that jen has spent a lot of time in india i mean mm -hmm. not i mean that she's lived there before and so she understands the culture in such a way so oh my loves here we are having given you another recap of this journey that is season four. Oh, yeah. you put toe episode four episode six i'll change that um 
season four, episode six. Um, it's been a, it's been great. I can't wait to finish the rest. If you want to follow us on social medias, you absolutely can. We are at DocuSweeties on Instagram, at DocuSweeties on TikTok, and at DocuSweeties1 on Twitter. If you'd like to, you know, I don't know, help us make tea in the morning at 4 a.m. by joining our Patreon, how would they do that, Well, You could do that with patreon.com slash DocuSweeties. It's $10 a month. You get the visuals of every single thing that we do the moment we are finished editing, uh, recording it. And then... You, there is a live every first Monday of the month. Um, you get to help us decide what shows we're going to do. Like right now we're deciding between like, we're not between, but we are going to be doing like hair tales. We're going to be doing Jared, um, the old, like, what's that thing called? Subway, Subway person. And then there's like another docu series called glitch that we're looking into. Um, you know, there's things happening. So we're going to give the Patreon folk the opportunity to vote, which way they would like to hear first and see first. Um, and you know, stuff like that. Um, so please Yay. join us on Patreon. You know, it's two cups of coffees, two Starbucks coffees a month. Really? You know what I mean? You can give two, two, two Starbucks coffees a month for your girls. All right, you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we will see you in the next episode, most likely Lalu. Um, oh, so many fun things are coming up too. There's like love is blind and seeking a sister, brother, a husband, brother, husband, you know what I'm saying? All those things. So um, we'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. Bye.